Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, June 19th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, y'all? That's right. We are broadcasting live on Facebook on Juneteenth. So happy Juneteenth, everybody. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, yep, we are live on Facebook um, for all of our former uh, YouTube uh, listeners, or our viewers, rather. This episode will be uploaded to our YouTube channel later on. Uh, and if you're here, hey, uh, drop, drop in. Drop in uh, on the chat, speak your piece, join us on the nerd festivities and whatnot. And while you're listening to us, uh, you hopefully are listening with a pair of beautiful, high-quality Studio Regent headphones. I swear to God, you practice these before <laughs> I get here. I don't, actually. I just come up with them, like, just off the top. Of the I don't bowl. believe you. No, it's just true. <laughs> like, like... Uh, you know how I got the inspiration to do these segues? Um, sometimes I watch um, a, a YouTube channel uh, slash podcast called Double Toasted. Yeah. And the host Corey Coleman, like he would he would do like these creative segues into DTMerch.com selling his uh, show's merchandise. Okay. So that's that's how I got the idea of, of just like doing a seamless segue to the Studio Region headphones. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Yeah. So yeah, Studio Regent headphones. Uh, Carl, you want to give us the spiel? Yeah, if you want some high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, literally all you got to do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get fifteen percent off your purchase. And as always, free shipping in the USA. That's all right. right. Yeah. And Carl, uh, as we're as we're beginning the episode, I have to say that I'm feeling mighty happy right now. I'm feeling feeling very pleased very uh enthused really yes i have poses coming back for a second season you just read my mind shut the fuck up pose season two came back last week and i am so happy about it i'm not buying anything a murderer uses whatever man listen pose season two is back it just it just came back on fx last week and Pose has already been renewed for a third season. It's it's like that. That show is just amazing. I love it. Here we go. Um, the House of Evangelista, uh, Blanca. Um, then you got Pray Tell, Billy Porter, the, the 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 greatest MC of all the drag queen ballrooms. Like he can read you like nobody else. Like he can read a person up and down. And Billy Porter is just so amazing in that show. Um, I'm really liking where the show is going. Um, it takes place now in 1990, uh, which is the year of Paris's burning. That Isn't that like a whole 10-year jump? Because it took place in the 70s, right? Oh, no. It took place in 87, the first season. Oh, okay. So, three-year jump. Yeah. So it's a three-year jump, and then we uh, go right, right in forward to 1990. So that's when uh, the landmark documentary, Paris is Burning, uh, was released, um, which was an insightful uh, documentary exploring the uh, uh, drag queen ballroom culture at the time. Um, I think it's on Netflix still. You can still check that out because it's an amazing documentary. Also, Madonna's Vogue dropped. Uh, uh, wow. Yes. I, wow. I love wow. it. I love wow. it. I mean... I mean, when you're wow. when, when you're on the dan- when you're down on the dance floor, you're, you're don't, voting, don't, he's you know, doing it. It's the old way. You're doing it. Old way versus new way. You're doing oh, it. Yes, judges. You're knocking what, all the shirts. What are your scores? 10, 10, 10, 
10. 10. Ooh, I love this show so much, man. I, I'm just so. This is my favorite new show uh, that's out on TV right now. And 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 I don't I don't know if you have seen season one yet. No, uh, yeah. but season one is available on Netflix. The whole. I, I came across it on Netflix. So yes. I was like, I was just I'm gonna have I let Vic, I let Vic have that. Yeah. Um, big shout outs. What's up, Dina? Congratulations. Mm. Uh, hey, Crystal. Hey, Crystal. What's going on? Uh, What's up, Kelvin? <laughs> oh, is he on the chat? Yeah. Oh, nice. And uh, Kyle's asking if that is a Jinder Mahal t-shirt. Nope, that is a Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin, dude. Yeah. Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> oh, man, but a Jinder Mahal shirt would be better, way better than a Panthers one for sure. But Why are you, you, why are you starting <laughs> shit? He's the most diabolical hater this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, but he ain't doing nothing to you. I know, but you know, I, I figure the, 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 you're gonna cross that line. You're gonna get mad. <laughs> I mean, I, I keep it light. You know, it's it's just you know the Panthers are what they are. But I, I but I'm still I, I will be fair and say that the Panthers will win their first Super Bowl before the Cowboys win their sixth, and within the next you, ten years. You are, you are, you want to place a wager? I'm not placing any wagers. I don't, I don't, I don't need <laughs> you don't trust me with wagers no more. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I don't need to do that. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let history. Listen, something could happen. That, so listen, there could, be, there could be a chance that I lose too. Yeah, you know I mean, I've lost wages before. You have. You oh, have. you missed the E3 episode that was last week, firm. Yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to you later. Yeah. So yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah. So that there's that. But yes, pose. It's back. Um, if you're a fan, let me know what you think. It's a. It's an amazing show. I love it so much. No, no, no. Please don't take the take offense to this. Uh-huh. Did you go to Pride this weekend? Uh, no, I didn't go to Pride this weekend. But I was I walked around uh, downtown for a bit, um, just to get out of the house. But I didn't stay for like any of like the, the parade or festivities. I know you usually go. So, well, I went last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year was cool. Um, this year they said that was like the most populated one ever. Oh, oh yeah, I, be- I believe that. Like so many, I knew like so many people that went. Nice, yeah, but yeah, I, I was hungover. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to my my boy Wilson and my friend Venus finally tying that knot this weekend. So mm. yeah, I was on recovery for that one. Ah, I bet it was turned up. It was. Mm. I, it was indeed. It was beautiful, beautiful ceremony, beautiful, beautiful occasion. That's good. That's good. That's what's up, man. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, Pose is back. Um, watched a, watched a few movies uh, this past week. Go right on it. Yeah. Uh, first one, it's um, it's a movie that's available to rent uh, on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play. It's this animated feature. It's called Ruben Brandt Collector, and it's a it's a dope film. It's a it's like a heist movie. It's kind of surreal, and it's about a four a group of four thieves that that try to steal every famous thirteen famous. Uh, paintings around the world um and uh and the and these paintings um they're somehow linked to their uh their psych- psychotherapist who says who's suffering from a bunch of nightmares that all that are all tied to these paintings so they decide hey you know what our our, our therapist is suffering so why don't we get together us four and you know steal these paintings that are haunting him so much 
you know, give him a collection. Okay. And then, um, then you have a detective uh, who's trying to track track down these thieves and trying to find out who this collector is. Uh, Ruben Brandt Collector. It's an amazing, visually an amazing animated feature film. Um, like literally every single shot is just rich with information, different references to different movies, various artworks, um, pop culture, uh, pop art, uh, old movies like from Hitchcock. Um, I love those character designs. It's so bizarre. Like you have like these somehow anthropomorphic animal looking uh, uh, beings, like some with like two noses and three eyes or like there's one character with two faces and then there's one character with like uh, two faces and, and three breasts. Like it's it's a very like Picasso slash like bizarre. Oh, this turned into a Victor Asman uh, animated movie. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool it's a movie. Victor ass movie. It is. And like there's there's a character who's uh who's two dimensional, like he's flat, uh, because his mother was three dimensional and his dad was one dimensional, so he came out two dimensional. And you know, he he's he's like a kinda like a, a pancake on on, on legs, so he can slip slip between between cracks, which helps in heights and whatnot. Um, this is a really cool film. Uh, Ruben Brandt's Collector. If you're, if if whether you're an art aficionado or even or even if you just have a taste for like visually captivating and unique uh, animated films, um, and also something that's like rich with a bunch of re- references and just a really cool heist caper film, check this one out. You can rent it on Amazon um, or iTunes or Google Play. It's um, Ruben Brandt's Collector. It just came out this year. It's uh, one of my favorite films this year, and um, I would say like this definitely deserves your attention if you're an animation head. So check it out; it's dope. Um, Ruben the Collector. Uh, Ruben Brandt. Ruben Brandt. Collector. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, let's see. Reading some comments before we move on. Uh, John Haponic is in the chat. He says Shazam Endgame better be a five-hour movie with the new cut. Yes, yeah, they're re-releasing it, and guess who's gonna be dumb enough to see it for a third time? Yeah. This guy. You're gonna see it. Like, well, why not? Well, this all they're gonna do is like they're just gonna add a, a post-credit scene. I know. I'll still do it. You know, I'll still go see it. I don't care. Well, well, because Disney's they're they're trying to they're trying, they're to, trying beat, to beat that record. Yeah, they're trying. They want to beat that record. Yeah, they're trying to beat Avatar as the number one highest-grossing film of all time. Um. And John says, Carl, a true Victor movie must have a terminal disease. <laughs> P- point proven. <laughs> that is, point proven. That is, that, is a, that is a wildly exaggerated and overblown claim. That you have confirmed numerous of times. There's only a, hand, on the show. There's only a handful of movies. Oh, there's more than a handful. Only a handful. If you got a giant Andre the Giant size handful, then yeah, that's a good <laughs> amount. I mean, hey, look, I just, I just like, I love good stories. I love good filmmaking. Stephen, uh, Stephen Ho even agreed with us. I mean, like, there's a few that I've mentioned on the podcast, but I think it's way overblown. No, 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 it's accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate. The only one I can remember that wasn't that you said was really good was uh, the one where Patrick Stewart played a neo-Nazi. Oh yeah, Green which Room, is, which is very odd. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was that was a that was a dope movie though, yeah. It, it, I think it's still on Netflix or Hulu, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Ruben Brandt Collector is out. Also on Netflix um, is this really interesting uh, sci-fi film called I Am Mother. It just came out uh, last Friday. Okay. 
Um, I Am Mother it's, uh, stars Rose Byrne, uh, who plays the, the robot, the mother, if you will. And the movie takes place, um, it's a post-apocalypse. It takes place in, in, in this like uh, bunker where humanity is extinct. And then you have this android, this android uh, named Mother. Um, she has, she's in charge of, uh, of nursing all of these human embryos that are in storage. Mm-hmm. And then she plucks out one and then this... Uh, uh, this one of this young this young uh, female this young girl who grows up she becomes a teenager and she's trying to groom her um so, sort of into like kind of like um trying to run the facility and trying to like repopulate humanity starting with this one this one uh young girl and mother she um she's basically um like she's voiced by Rose Byrne and she's like the one who's like nurturing her, like teaching her different like lessons, like how to survive different, like ethical lessons, which kind of play out in some way as the movie goes on. Um, and then, um, and then suddenly uh, a grown woman ap- approaches their bunker and it's played by Hillary Swank. Okay. And, and that's when, that's when the, the, the girl who, who was raised by mother starts starts to question her reality, starts to question her world because mothers told her that, you know, all human, humanity is extinct because there's been this disease that wiped out all of humanity, humanity. There's a plague and we cannot open this bunker. We cannot let anybody or anything in. But uh, when, with the appearance of this woman uh, played by Hillary Swank, that's when the young girl starts to question her what's going on. Um, it's a really interesting film. Um, I really can't get into uh, the details because of spoilers. Okay, it's one of those films you really got to watch. But it's really interesting. It raises a lot of interesting ethical questions, um, like the nature of humanity, uh, nature of um, versus the nature of technology. Um, it's a very it has a, raises a bunch of ethical dilemmas as well. So it's a very thoughtful film, especially the ending, which will definitely leave you thinking. Um, but it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it just came out. It's called I Am Mother. All right. um, I recommend checking it out if you're curious, if you want to look for some some interesting sci-fi out there. Um, let's see. Uh, have you read the Deceased series? Oh, I, I, I have to read Deceased. Um, it's still in my box at Rococo's issue one. I haven't been there in a while, but I'll pick that up. Slacking. Um, Kyle says that I know. Kyle says that um, uh, he just realized that we won the Wednesday night podcast wars. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, I yeah, guess. yeah. Because yeah. I mean, uh, UWO just moved. Yeah, they moved to Monday nights. Yep. So shout outs to them. I enjoy. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed their. I guess you can call it a raw watch along. Yeah. Slash roast. Oh yeah, like every every episode of Raw is a roast lately. Yeah. yeah. And besides, it's the, it's the new Monday Night Wars, UWO versus Raw. And, of course, UWO wins every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, also, uh, I, I, uh, I just read this really cool book. I checked it out from the library. The local library. Yes. Um, so you, new- haven't did that. you haven't mentioned the library since we was in fucking Warwick. <laughs> I know. West Warwick. <laughs> But yeah, I went to the library. I checked, I checked out a series of books, and one that I really recommend. It's one written by David uh, Peisner. It's called "Homie, Don't Play That." The story of In Living Color. Yeah. Oh damn. Yep. The story of In Living Color and the Black Comedy Revolution. Um, this is a dope, dope read. Like, if you are a fan of In Living Color, um, this is an excellent read from start to finish. It's, it talks about like the production of the show. It talks about the origins, like how it came to be. Um, it talks about the Keenan Ivory Waynes, how he came up with the show. Um, 
and also um, it, it contextualizes like how he, him, and a bunch of other black comedians came up like in the seventies and eighties, like Robert Townsend, um, Reginald Vell Johnson, among others, um, and how and how and how the show kind of formed. It also uh, contextualizes in Living Color with like what was going on in in uh, uh, with then current events like the LA riots and like um, different like the, the Central Park Five um, and other sorts of. All this, other sorts of incidents and how that kind of shaped the reality of the show and like how they approached the humor. Um, what I really liked about this book was that it really talked a bit. Of, it talked a lot about like some of the creative process of of some of the skits behind skits behind the show. Oh my god, I would love to know the kind. I would love to know the creative process behind yeah. Oswald Bates and whoever wrote that script. That's my oh. fact. Explain it, Oswald. Well, Oswald Bates um, was actually a character that was inspired by a person that. Uh, that the that was actually inspired by Marlon Wayans originally, like he because when Marlon Wayans grew up in their in their neighborhood in New York, um, they they came across this guy who came out of prison, and he was like pr- basically Oswald Bates. He thought he was smart. He he was a bunch of like big words he did not know the meanings of, and he was just like you know see in your mentality you understand my brother and you know doing doing this you know cupping his hands and you know he had like the. The, the head wrap and everything and then that's how David Wayne's got the idea of doing the Oswald Bates character I don't know why because the other day I posted it I posted this on my social media it just randomly I'm like why and I posted a picture of Oswald Bates mm-hmm. I'm like why doesn't this man have a podcast I would listen to that I would Hell pay that I would pay <laughs> to hear that yeah right? oh my gosh like like just just that character. Well, you see, my brother, the colonoscopy, <laughs> of the rectification of my—I don't know—I can't even go. We must baby crockerize the crux of the Jerry Curls activation. <laughs> if I may retain my liquid Liquids form. Okay. <laughs> that character is just. That's oh, one, one of my favorites. There's like so many from *A Living Color*. That's one of my favorites. I have all five seasons on DVD. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. I have the first three seasons, um, and 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 the show does talk about like the decline of like how the show. Yeah, when the, when uh, Keenan and, and when the Waynes left. Yeah. And it, yeah. What's what's crazy about it is like it wasn't as good, mm-hmm. but the show was still funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, when Chris Rock. Oh, I used to love him when Chris Rock had played his cheap Pete character. Yeah. And oh, the and in the parodies, unfortunately, they couldn't put all the parodies on the DVD. Yeah. That's true. Like something about you, Latoya. Oh, Joe Jackson. <laughs> oh man, like they, yeah, they talked about um, like some of the other 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 sketches, like uh, Men on Film, uh, like the Men on sketches, uh, which which uh, the book acknowledges that, like Keenan Ivory Wins acknowledges that they couldn't do that sketch now, but no, and no in way, shape, or form. But so, interestingly, back then, um, it turned out that like their biggest fan base was gay men. They really loved that sketch. In fact, like they mentioned like there was like one uh, bar in San Francisco that had men on nights where they would, where they would play their, their sketch sketches on, on a loop. And then people would like dress as like the characters, Dean Blaine Edwards. And Antoine Mayweather. And they they would do like the two snaps up and everything like, like, and then like it got, and then it was like, where where Damon Wayne's mentioned that like when he whenever he would go to a place where there was like a, like a large like gay population, people would look at him and go, "Hey, two snaps up," and they'd be like, even like ten fifteen years later, he'd be like, "Yep, there it is." That that was a yeah that that show was just like 
that was like a staple in our community back in the day. Yeah, it really was. And it was back, and we were kid, like we were kids watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we really didn't know what was going on, like what they were talking about, and that shit was hilarious. It was. Like it was back in the days mm-hmm. where you you tried to memorize as many lines as you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just so you could talk about it in school the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, man. And, like, uh, they mentioned Homie the Clown, uh, D- Damon Wayans. Um, he, that, that was actually uh, w- uh, another day he worked on with Paul Mooney at the time. Um, Damn, I didn't know Paul Mooney worked on the show. Yeah, he worked on it for, for a little bit. Um, it also talked about a bit about how the, sh- how the writing, how, like, it, it got really tense backstage, especially in the writer's room. Really? Where, like, as, as, the, as the series went on, like, uh, the writers, like, they would have, like, because Keenan Ivory Williams was running the show for like the first three seasons or so, and it got to a point where where the writers were always walking on eggshells because they were trying so hard to like pitch their sketches, and then Keenan Ivory Williams would, would reject a lot of them, or he would just like not crack a smile, not laugh, and like he would sit there and like watch these uh, writers like try to pitch idea after another, after another, after another, and um, one day the tension got so bad between uh, Keenan Ivory Williams and Jim Carrey. That during a table read, uh, the 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 tension was so big, like a lot of the actors are just like, like man, man, fuck this shit, man. I don't know what are we, why are we putting up with this shit. And Keenan and Ivory Wayans are like going through a table read of a sketch, and uh, and Jim Carrey wasn't having any of it. So Jim Carrey got so mad, he got up, turned around, bent over, and read the script, his lines from his ass, right in front of Keenan Ivory Wayans. And it was Ace Ventura. And, oh, and the and the, the book <laughs> mentions Ace Ventura. And like, and when he did that, like the Keenan Ivory Wayne stood up too, and they like they almost got in each other's faces, but then they squashed it afterwards. Like they kind of like cooler heads prevailed. But Jim Carrey was ready for a fight at the time, and so was Keenan Ivory. But at the time, it was like as was like as like, like the uh, during the third season, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Jim Carrey received the script for Ace Ventura, Pep Detective, and at the time. Nobody wanted to touch it. Originally, it was pitched to Chris Farley, but he turned it down. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because Chris Farley said that the script was a piece of shit. And then when Jim Carrey read it, and then his agent read it, and they're looking at it like, yo, this is a piece of shit. Are you sure you want to do this, Jim? And, and then Jim was like, I mean, we can try to, we can try to salvage this. And, it, it, and then like, it, it became like, it became like the, a running, so sort of like a running a joke backstage, where like uh, some of the writers, including another comedian, Colin Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, when he learned about uh, the Ace Ventura script, he was like, "Man, when Jim Carrey committed to that, I really felt bad for him because I was like, oh my god, he's really gonna tank his whole career off this shitty ass movie." But the <laughs> history shows like Ace Ventura was so good that Jim Carrey did a sequel, and Jim Carrey never does sequels. He's only done two sequels in his entire in his entire career. Oh yeah, it was like Jim. It was Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. And when Ace Ventura dropped, I mean, his career took off. It took off, and like, and, and Jim Carrey, like, he still wanted to do to keep doing the show. What is your favorite Jim Carrey movie? Oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nah, I probably that's a bit. Oh, that's a that's an incredible movie. Is it actually funny? In its own way, it's 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 a very thoughtful movie. Uh, in, in its own way, that and the Truman Show; those are two of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. 
The Mask. Really? I freaking love The Mask. Oh, The Mask was... Oof. The Mask was great. It was. I mean, it's. I mean, if I watch it now, it's it's good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's passable. But you know, you know, when you're a kid, you know, special effects. You know, you know, Jim Carrey. You know, you're easily impressed. You know, at the time when we're kids. Yeah, but even then, I still like. I watch it, and like I watched it like probably about a month or two ago, and I'm like, yo, this shit is still fucking funny. Yeah, it's got it's got its charms. You know, so visual effects are are what they are. But uh, but yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, homie, don't play that. Uh, it's a really good book if you're interested in the the history of In Living Color and how influential it was. Um, the book even also talks about like how they tried to reboot the series back in 2013 and okay. definitely it, didn't work. Uh, yeah, at that time, at that time, I mean, SNL still going, which is great, but mm-hmm. like sketch comedy is all in the, it's just skits on the internet now, like Vine sketches and um, yeah. Instagram videos and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's where that market's at now. Yeah, yeah, like YouTube definitely uh, yeah. changed it, and 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 the book also made a great point that SNL, SNL hasn't been funny for decades. So, it, like, it doesn't. SNL like has its moments. Yeah, SNL yeah. has moments. Like they have like a cut. They just they have a couple of skits, mm-hmm. and they just knock it out the park. Like the the skit with Jay with um, Maya Rudolph and Jay Farrell when Blue, Blue Ivy was born. I didn't see that one. You never seen that one? Nah. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, Casey Affleck and the Dunkin' Donuts one. I saw that one. That shit was funny. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was true. I was like, yeah, it might as well be a documentary. Dave Chappelle um, doing the uh, whole Negan thing. I saw that one. Yeah, that was that was pretty amusing. Yeah. So I mean, they have their hit. They have more. They have more misses than hits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean. More more misses than hits, yeah, absolutely. Um, like what the like SNL's like a if the if SNL was just like a YouTube sketch thing, oh, it'd be great. It, it'd be great. Like oh, Boy Dance Party was funny too. Never with heard Bruce. Of that. Will- oh, you never saw Boy yeah. Dance Party with Bruce Willis? Okay, yeah, cool. I'll I'll check that out. So yeah, uh, check that out. I'll I'll return this copy for the library so Kyle can check it out. I may just I may just like order it off of Amazon and just have it. Who's the Who's the author again? Uh, Dave David Peisner. So it's right here. Yeah. So yeah, it's a definitely a dope book. It's also available on paperback too. So even better. Yeah. So check it out. It came out last year, 2018. Oh, is that old? Uh, yeah, just just last year. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's still relatively new. Well, shit. Yeah. It's a Damn. Do, it's a dope book. And uh, lastly, I just have a one podcast recommendation. Um. That I want that I want to tell the people about. Okay. Um, brand new. It's a relatively new podcast. It actually just dropped recently. It's a. Uh, it's called Jamel Hill is unbothered. Uh, Jamel Hill. She's a, uh, a, a former commentator on ESPN. She talks yeah, about the. Yeah, isn't hers. Yep. The the, the, the sports people. What do you, whatever you call them. Foosball. I hear you go. You know foosball and the one where they shoot the ball through a hoop. I, don't, I forget the name of that sport, but anyway. No, you didn't. Um. But it's this is a really dope podcast. Um, she talks she talks a bit about she she has like really cool interviews. Um, and uh, like for example, there's, there's, she's so far like eighteen episodes deep. Yeah. But um, but ones I recommend are one the one she had with uh, Talib Kweli, uh, episode fifteen, uh, where Talib Kweli talks a bit about his thoughts on cancel culture. Also, Kanye West. Uh, because you know Kanye West is a Trump supporter, and how uh, Talib Kweli talks about how he used to, how he still DJs every now and then, mm-hmm. different shows, and and Talib Kweli said, "quote 
I don't play Kanye West's music anymore. I don't feel good when I play his music. It hurts me. And he explains why. Yeah, like they they were tight. Like they in a way they could they all came. Well, Talib was was out like before. Yeah. But like Talib helped boost, helped bring up Kanye. He did. Cause Get By was such a dope record. Oh yeah, it is. Um, also, uh, her interview with Tashina Arnold. Uh, that was Pam. Great. Yep. Pam, Pam Rochelle. But more Pam. Yeah, Pam from Martin. And she is, she does she does mention the Martin reboot. She says that is that is a serious thing. It will happen uh once um everyone's commitments align. I'm so iffy about that. Cause yeah. I love Martin and syndication. It's one of those things it's like I just leave the memories alone. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm all for reunion specials. Yeah, reunion specials. Reunion specials I'll I'll watch the shit out of, but like I'll I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did check out Girl Meets World. I'm like, all right, everybody's still alive, and I was good with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, and plus, like uh, Thomas Michael Ford, R.I.P. Yeah. No longer with us, so we're gonna miss those. You know, you ain't got, got no, no job, <laughs> man. It would be nice to discover what he did for a living. Yeah, no, they. they um, I remember Tisha Campbell actually revealing, um, revealing that she's like Tommy worked at a. At a community center, because there was one episode, I think they were trying to, like, no, when up uh, the Christmas episode, mm-hmm. where Tommy had Martin dress up as Santa, and he told the, he told stories and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was his job. Oh, okay. Oh, now you know. Well, maybe it was probably a temporary thing, he probably got fired, and then next thing you know, you know, he ain't got no... Yeah. Maybe, or maybe, like, he does, like, some, has, like, a, runs a criminal enterprise on the side. I'm surprised he had money. <laughs> He, he did, always. <laughs> and everybody in Africa knew he ain't had no chance. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, also, um, oh, also their latest episode, Jamelho's Un- Unbothered, is called Revenge of the Stands, uh, which talks about celebrities with the worst fan bases. The Beehive is explicitly mentioned. It's Beehive, hands down, and there's no question. Yeah, like, didn't they send... Uh, they sent death. They sent death threats to some woman who asked Jay Z for his drink order. Like they were sitting courtside. Like, listen, Beyonce was on a concert. She sneezed. Mm-hmm. The entire arena yeah. said, "Bless you." Yeah, that's some, and that trended. That trended. Yeah, wow. that's some. Cult- that moment trended. That's some cult leader shit. That's some like Jim Jones drink the Kool Aid. Like what, the, what? Like what if she fought it? Oh my god! Like the the the, the internet would literally be broken. Yeah. Shut down. All servers worldwide. Yeah. Blackout. Yeah. I I remember having this conversation that the Michael Jackson was the last. That he was the last celebrity to like break the to like really shut down the internet. Mm. She'll be the next one because of the Beehive. She would, she would, and and like I said, you know, Beyonce's Beyonce is good, but good's about it. She's not an icon by any means. Don't you piss off that beehive? Come at me, beehive! You ain't gonna do shit because you ain't shit. I said it. I said it. When I post this tomorrow, I am going to post this part. Okay, that's fine. And I'm I'm just gonna see what happens. I'm fine with it. Listen, I am unbothered by the Beehive, um, as well as other um, uh, celebrity fan bases like the Rihanna Navy. 
I, I hear is has is pretty obnoxious. Um, surprisingly, Sierra, remember her? She her, her crickets. Yeah, her crickets are, are are also pretty. They stand hardcore for her too. So all four of them. I would say five. If okay. I'm being generous. <laughs> You know, and and you know, if you're talking about fan, other fan bases, like the most laughable being the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. I knew you was gonna say some <laughs> shit. You always see, you always start some shit, and then you always always end up eating your words. Listen, BK stackers. Listen, I I I put two bites of that stacker. I put the rest in the freezer, and then I threw it out on garbage day. Should have ate it. Nah. Should have ate it. But listen, I'm 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 a, I'm gonna just laugh when you know when the next NFL season rolls around, and just as usual, just like clockwork. You're gonna believe in the Cowboys, and the Cowboys will let you down. If letting if letting fans down was a sport, the Cowboys would be consecutive 27 time champions, all state, all international, all time Hall of Famers, first ballot, hands down. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, they'd be the Cleveland Browns. No, like, no, like the Cleveland Browns would be that first ballot. So kiss my ass. <laughs> I mean, and then then right behind you is the Panthers. So you and Kyle have something. See, to you need to stop. So you, yo, I'm telling you. <laughs> We gonna get you good. We gonna get you good. I mean, listen, we 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 both know that next year's Super Bowl, the Cowboys ain't gonna be there. The Panthers ain't gonna be there. I hope the Patriots ain't, ain't gonna be there, but they probably will. They get easy. Their, their division's easy, so they'll be there. Yeah, and they're bandwagon ass fans, but you know it, it is what it is. You know, facts are facts. There's. Certain things that there, certain certainties in this world, you know, death, taxes, and the Cowboys losing another season. And uh, to answer uh, uh, Miss uh, Mr. Uh, Kyle's Kiss question, my ass, Nick Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the John Wick movies are amazing. All three of them: John Wick, John Wick Chapter Two, and John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Yes. How did Halle Berry do in that movie? Give her her own spinoff. Like that good, that good. Like okay. the scene she has with Mr. Keanu Reeves, bless him. Yes, Kevin Feige's trying to get Keanu Reeves into the MCU. I mean, that was, that's a huge get. What would he? I, I'd be a. He could play whatever. I, I'd be down with whatever. Nova. Mm, maybe something a little more high profile. But what could there be? Moon Knight. Maybe. I was going to say The Punisher, but John Bernthal, you know. Yeah, he's killing that right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, that's... Oh, yeah. So, Nick Thomas also mentioned uh, they actually have a church based around Beyonce music They do. They do. I saw that. They yeah. do. They do. I'm like, this is for real. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is for real. And Kyle also mentioned that Space Jam 2 is finally in production. And the cast has been announced. Let, it, let let the kids have it. We had our Space Jam with Michael Jordan. Let the kids have theirs with LeBron James. Yeah, and you know, just like part one, part two, I'm sure is going to be trash. Sir! Yes, I'm taking a page out of UWOs. <laughs> Sir! What? Space Jam 1 mm-hmm. is on some next level shit. It is one of the greatest movies a lot, like, ever. It is not. on the lines, on not. the same line as Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> wow, those two movies are simply. I wish Brian and Kai were here because we would say they are simply iconic. 
Listen, um, first of all, Space Jam wishes it was on the same level as Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. I mean, if you really watch Space Jam today... Yeah, and I enjoy, I'll still enjoy it. It's it's trash. It's, no, it's, it's, it's garbage. No, it's not. It's, it's badly written. No, it's not. It's an 85-minute long Nike commercial. I'll admit that, but it's still good. It's really not. Like the, it, the, it is. The, the character motivations are lacking. The plot line, very thin. Um... It's just it just doesn't do. It's, Lola Bunny. It's is not just, meant for. It's not meant for the stick up the ass Criterion film. Smell their own fart. Hybrid driving. Critics. Listen, no, no, don't don't cop out. Listen, there are plenty of movies of, of live that combine live action and animation that still hold up. Like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a masterpiece. It is a classic. Even look at Nick Thomas's comment. I mean. I mean, Nick Thomas is right. Roger Rabbit is a classic. It is, oh, it is, hands down. I'm not taking oh, that away. Oh, yeah. It is the gold standard. But Space Jam. Victor. Sir. Kyle, listen. I'm telling you. Sit down and watch Space Jam on your own. Objectively. Watch with your whole eyes. And you will see you. that the movie does not hold up you, at all. You fit, you, you fit to get buried, huh? He hasn't buried you yet. What the hell, Kyle? I, I will say this: the only good thing about Space Jam, the one and only good thing, and I've said this since day one, is the soundtrack. The oh, yeah, soundtrack, soundtrack, hands down, is on point. Except that from except that one song from the Rapist, but every other song is cool. But Space Jam. Ooh, speaking of the Rapist, go ahead, go ahead. But Space Jam does not hold up. And if, if and if and if you if you're if you're of our generation if you're of a certain age and you still believe that Space Jam still holds up that Space Jam is a childhood classic that Space Jam is great you are wrong. No, that's what it, it's a wrong. childhood classic. That's all it is. It's it is all it is. It's not. It wasn't. See, that's your thing. You're thinking. You're trying to compare it to like Call Me by Your Name. The, the um, no, not the, by- What's the nickname I call it, have for that? Oh, the movie about the the how to catch a predator couple. No, it's not about the. Listen, is it? How old was the How old was the guy? He was twenty four. How old was the kid? He was sixteen. There we and, and who? Where's Chris? Ha- what was his name? Chris Harris. Who? Who? Oh, Chris, Chris Hansen. Yeah. Where's Chris Hansen? The, the, the movie took place in. The movie was shot in Italy. Listen, listen. No, um, no, no. Uh, did I just prove my point? You cannot compare. Space Jam to an art house film. Listen, you, 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 listen. Space... You're comparing it to a freaking. I'm comparing what's it, what's it. I'm comparing it to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which still holds up, by the way. I'm comparing it to like other animated children's films, other children's films that still hold up. But but Space Jam doesn't hold up. I put Space Jam in the same '90s dustbin as as the live action Spawn movie that came out. It's just garbage. That was good for like the one. For, it, it was good for his time. It wasn't what Todd McFarlane wants. Uh, he is not a rapist. He pissed. You said that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to even touch that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I am. You all set with your nerd ketchup or you got more? Oh, I'm all set. But, but before I say that, uh, uh, Mr. Nick Thomas, sir, you are absolutely wrong. Roger Rabbit is not trash Ooh, sir dude, yeah i gotta disagree with you on that nick thomas you my guy but damn yeah um um judges what are your scores zero 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 and zero be gone bye you watched that show a little too much you watched it twice didn't you you watched that same episode twice huh no oh but oh I, but i will after the show 
Oh no, I think I may just twist. I may, I think I may just switch that up. Cause guess what's on Hulu? What's on Hulu? The Boondocks. Ah, nice. Yes, yes, it is. So I rewatch. I've been rewatching that lately as my throw something on to go to sleep show. Yeah. Holy shit! That fucking R. Kelly episode. Oh yeah. I laughed so hard, and I'm just like, they predicted this shit. They did. I'm like, it was just right there. They spoke on that shit like ten, damn near ten years ago. Yeah, actually, eleven years and ago. And it's it hell. It still holds up. Now I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't really sat and watched all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I just picked up like a couple here and there. Yeah. And oh my goodness, like I was still, I was still in tears. The animation is kind of Asian. It's aging a bit. Yeah. Like if you watch it now, but it's like just the jokes and everything. I mean, I freaking died. I still die laughing and I cannot wait. It's actually confirmed the Boondocks is coming back. Nice. If you go to Boondocks Bootleg on Instagram, you start to see like the um, concept arts of Granddad and um, and uh, Huey. I think those are the ones I've seen already. They probably did put Riley's out, but it's not okay. too different, but a little more modern. Nice. So I mean, I'm scared because I'm afraid that it's not going to hold up. But Aaron Magruder is back behind it, so mm-hmm. and a lot of shit has gone down since then. So yeah. I would love to see. Oh my God, a Trump episode. Man. And please let Gary Anthony Williams do Uncle Ruckus. Oh, man. There's nobody else who can do Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus, yo, man, man, I, I, man. One of my one of my favorite episodes was actually the 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 story of Uncle Ruckus, which which kind of made fun of uh, the curious case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, use that as like the frame. he was born white and he just kept getting darker and darker. And yo, yeah, it's the opposite of what Michael Jackson got. <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. So if you guys got Hulu, please, yeah, please just watch rewatch the Boondocks. And you'll just say to yourself, like, God damn, they said this shit ten years ago and this shit is happening yeah. now. Yeah. It really it really is. And I and I hope that the new season makes up for season four. Cause season four was awful. There was a season four? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I I don't allow. There was only one good joke in that entire season, and it made me just say, eh. mm. "Okay, yeah." Oh, I was on Promised Neverland, but yeah, like um, like Aaron Magruder had no involvement in the fourth season. Yeah, and nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah, and it showed. It really yeah, it showed. definitely, it definitely, definitely did. Yeah. So, also another thing I've been up to is um. The Shang Tsung DLC came out. Now, if you go on our YouTube channel, I did a Twitch stream on yesterday, and it's available on YouTube as of right now. And, oh, my God, this... I, I love this game, so it was well worth actually spending 100 bucks just for this game, just for the premium edition of this game. So when DLCs come out, just down, go ahead and download them and have a blast. I mean, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa from the 1995 Mortal Kombat film mm-hmm. nails it. Ah. Never, lo- never lost it. Your soul is mine. He does, and he does everything. Man is sixty-eight years old. I got his Wikipedia up right now. Wow. He is sixty-eight years old, and he's 
still like he's still got it. Man, wow, I didn't know he was that old. Huh. Yeah, he's pretty much up. You, know, you gotta remember Mortal Kombat in ninety five was damn near thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Let me see. Like twenty five? Twenty yeah. Damn. Man. He still holds up, man. Yep. Still even says like Yes, he does. He does say your soul is mine. Like, says everything. Nice. That's that's what's up. Man. Everything, and even then, when they tell like when they do like the final so when they do the final story, he narrates it. Mm. Every time you go when you go one on one against somebody, they have like their own little personal dialogue. So he has his own personal dialogue with every single character and his fatalities. Mm. Damn. Tell the people how brutal the fatality. One's a callback from Mortal Kombat 2, mm-hmm. the Kintaro one. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was like he raises you, he just raises you up yeah. with these, um, I guess I could call them illuminated, these chains just come out and they hold you. Yeah. So you're laying like this, they hold your arms and your legs, you're laying like that. And then these souls just come up like he's just raising them from hell and they just start ripping your body apart or just. Keep, you see, like, entrails and stuff. Look at you. You're mm. salivating, you nasty motherfucker. Mm. Okay. One rips your face completely off completely off your head. Mm-hmm. And then they all just pull together and your know, whole entire skeleton comes out. Nice. Tasty. That's delicious right there, man. That's a delicious fatality. If I don't leave this house... Remember, if I just happen to disappear on a Wednesday night, Victor did it. They'll never find the souls of the damned. You know what? You, you know, eight fifty-seven p.m. is the best time to dig. <laughs> Victor did it. Check his basement, and you'll find the others. It's all right. They're chilling with Alistair. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm just gonna move on before this gets more weird. Yeah. So uh, of course I've always I've been on my uh, comic book I'm, I've been on my comic book tip. So uh, the first one I want to get to is the uh, the trade paperback of Claws of the Panther, which is written by uh, Jonathan Mayberry mm-hmm. and uh, art by Gianluca Gugliata. Uh, this was actually written back in 2015. Okay. So uh, Claw is back. Ulysses Claw, he's back with a de- new deadly plan that will spill blood from the Savage Land all the way to New York City. And Shuri, who is the new Black Panther, has already tried to who has already tried to stop Claw, failed but failed. So she started battling with her like personal demons with her own reckless rage, and she turns to a few familiar faces in the Marvel universe to help her out. Not only help her mentally to deal with these demons, but to um, also uh, help stop Claw. Mm. Okay. Now, I will say the story's okay. Mm-hmm. And the art, I just wasn't really a fan of. Oh, that's too bad. Like, it just looks a little, it just looked a little too squiggly for me. And I was just like, I just, it actually took me a while to finish it because I was just like, I was way too turned off by the art. Uh, and it was, yeah. it was highly unfortunate because, you know, I, I pretty much I do love the Black Panther stories and stuff, and Shuri and Shuri's uh, current run, written by uh, 
uh, Needy Okorafor is absolutely amazing. I think issue nine just came out today. Yeah. Was just sitting in my box ready for his weekend pickup. Okay. So yeah, I definitely recommend that. So um, Claws of a Panther, it was it was that friendly neighborhood for cheap, so I just picked it up. Also, um, I actually picked up one that you recommended, uh, that you actually mentioned on uh, my favorite episode, Codex Prime and Chill. Right. Is I picked up uh, number one of Jessica Jones's Alias. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's actually not bad. It's written from the the Marvel Max series, written written from the time span of two thousand one to two thousand four. Just three. There's three volumes. I plan on getting the other two because I gotta finish them. So it's written by the written by the great Michael Brian Michael Bendis and the art by Michael Gatos. So and it follows, the story arc follows um, Jessica Jones, who was a former superhero named a former costume superhero named Jewel, and she leaves that she leaves that Avenger life behind, and she she becomes a uh, private investigator, which is what you know nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now with you know with the with season three that just came out Friday. Yeah. Started watching it and then I had to like and then I got sidetracked and stuff. Had to leave. So I'm definitely gonna finish that and then we got we gotta do a Jessica Jones episode. I mean if I get around to watching it. You can do it. Yeah. You can watch freaking pose. You can watch Jessica Jones. Oh the pose is a great show. Jessica Jones is a great show too, because you enjoyed both see both the first two seasons. I did, but I haven't watched the final seasons of The Punisher or Daredevil. Daredevil you need to watch. Okay. Punisher, I still got to finish watching. Hmm. But they'll be there. Yeah. And the Netflix issue. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, so as a, as the story comes along, you start to see her um you start to see her uh story arc and um excuse me, her character her character development. Yeah. So um it's many different cases all in one, so but um it's actually pretty cool. Luke Cage makes a quick cameo in there, Captain America as well. So I'm actually looking forward to other um superheroes making their cameos in there. And I'm actually looking forward to finishing it cuz Brian Mc- Brian Michael Bendis is a genius. Mm-hmm. So and he's actually one of the executive producers of the show. Oh. Nice, and he's also uh, uh, currently writing Superman for DC. Yeah, he's strictly do he's strictly doing DC now. Yep. So yeah, Marvel, you messed up on that one. Um, also, the latest uh, Silver Surfer Black number one has recently came out. Um, actually, came out last week. Written by uh, Donny Cates and uh, Trad Moore, art by Trad Moore. So what what this one is is actually a spinoff of Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy number one, their current run as of right now. Mm-hmm. And almost the entire the almost the entire galaxy's defenders have been blown through a black hole, including the Silver Surfer himself. So he's um so in order to fight the to fight back the oblivion, Silver Surfer has to fight to save himself, and not only and to fight to save himself and not lose himself to the void as well. Um, interesting. I think it's like a, it's a six story. It's a six issue uh, story arc. Will mind uh, checking that out. Will mind just checking out six stories? Why not? Okay. Why not? I'm a collector. I need boxes. My comic book collection is freaking getting ridiculous. Mm. I'm pretty sure I passed yours. Oh yeah, by a wide margin. I haven't been in like a three weeks, so that's a long time. I know. <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I wanna this um this story arc actually just ended in Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man run issues seventeen to seventeen to through twenty three, The Hunted. 
Oh my god, it's so great. Carrie Graven the Hunter comes back and he actually has a kid. Mm-hmm. He actually he actually gave birth to several kids mm-hmm. through um scientific cloning. And one of them and he goes out, sends them into the wild, and one of them comes back and says, In order to be worthy, I killed all my brothers. Oh. Shit. So Craven, who ends up acquiring a large amount of amounts of wealth, he actually kidnaps all the villains. Mm-hmm. That have animal-based names. Okay. And he kidnapped Spider-Man as well. Mm-hmm. And he and he sends him off into Central Park, mm-hmm. puts a force field around him, and he gets people and he teams up with Arcade. He actually has um like rich people who go in and they can they go in as robots. Mm-hmm. They're simulated and they actually get to kill, they get to hunt mm-hmm. those heroes and villains. Okay. And it's up to Spider-Man to try to st- to try to stop them. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it's actually rather. It actually takes some somewhat of a rather dark turn. I think you actually will enjoy this. I'm not sure if you will. Um, how many comics do I own? <sighs> I don't even know. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you. Like and then there's still some comics that I've had since you know since the '90s, mm-hmm. and like I really can't even tell you. Yeah, yeah. And they said you have like shoe boxes and shoe boxes of them. Yeah, I need to. I need to just stop buying like regular sized comic boxes for some of them because like they're getting re- they're getting out of hand. Yeah. Especially since this Amazing Spider-Man run is an ongoing is an ongoing series as well as my um the Captain America and um. Black Panther, which is both both written by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, and plus, I'm still collecting the hip hop covers. Wow. Not that far left. I'm not that far off from com- from completing the collection. Mm. And I'll just put down, put together just like a whole YouTube video of just snaps of which cover those covers with their perspect with their respective um, like music from that album that they're doing. Mm. So that's a goal that I'm still... Just some of them are just really hard to find. Yeah, I bet. Like, how many covers are there in total? Last I checked, um, I want to say like 170. Mm. Man. Like, I know that there's like the... There's like two hardcover volumes of like the collected. Yeah, and it's it's just the covers, but I'm actually getting the comics themselves. Mm. Wow, man. Yeah, it's like... um, if you can't find any here, I'm sure like Midtown comics. Mid Midtown, Amazon, eBay. That's what I've been doing really. Um, the most the most expensive one I paid I paid fifty bucks for one. Really, fifty bucks for one. Which one was that? Inhumans number four. Wow. And what was the hip hop uh, album? Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I got to see that one. Like you got to. I'll show you. I'll show you the snap. Yeah. I, I have the snap. So I'm looking at the comments here. Uh, Gary Threat says, uh, Jason Momoa for Craven the Hunter. You know who I actually would rather see play Craven? Oh, who? Stefan Kapitchik? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Colossus. Yeah. He actually looks like, if you actually like Google him, he looks like Craven. I can see him in that role, yeah. And when he was at Rhode Island Comic Con, he mentioned that, and I'm like, do it. Mm. Do it. I'm for that. Yeah. But um, I know there's been more, mm-hmm. more comics within this few re- this uh, 
few weeks span, but I I can't even think of them off the top of my head right now. So I'm pretty I'm all caught up. Yeah, there's there's still a lot more comics I got to catch up on, like the first twelve issues of Catwoman, uh, the twelve issues of Hawkman, um, what else? Fantastic Four, the latest issue, got to read that. That ties in with the Warrior Realms, with the Warrior Realm story arc, which has actually been really, it's actually been very like action packed. Okay, yeah, I've heard some good things about the War of the Realms. Yeah, Jason Aaron really is really outdoing himself with this one. Nice. Then there's the newest, it the next uh, story arc, major story arc is going to be coming out, yeah. Absolute Carnage. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a sequel to Maximum Carnage. I right. guess you can say I have no idea what yeah. it's about. Okay. I just know like it, the art, the cut, some of the covers I've seen look really, really good. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you got in your? That's pretty much it. All right. All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor once again. Midway through the show, Studio Regent headphones. That's right. If you want some high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, all you got to do is just go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get fifteen percent off of your purchase. And as always, free shipping in the USA. Yeah, man. You know, speaking of this, now that you mentioned um, uh, Absolute Carnage, and that's making me think of Maximum Carnage. Oh, I love that game. Yeah. That makes me think, okay, like, and then we've had Spider-Man, which dropped for the PS4 last year. Um, what would you say are some of your favorite uh, superhero-based video games, like, from past and present? Ninja or, Turtles from regular Nintendo. Ninja Turtles? Like, like the first one? Yeah. Wow. I used to love that song. That game was hard as hell. Oh, yeah, hands down it was, but it was just so much fun to play. Turtle, no, Ninja Turtles 2. Yes, the the one that was based on the arcade game. Yeah, that one and Turtles in Time was great. Was great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I remember downloading the HD remix on my P- PlayStation 3. I wonder if I can get that on a PlayStation 4. Um, you can check. Maybe on the PS Store. Maybe if, yeah. you, if you go online, you can kind of f- f- see if it's there. Because I'll download the shit out of that game. Yeah. Um, uh, what else would I want to say? Ooh. Favorite superhero mo- video games. You know, okay, you're going to be mad at me for this one, but the Wolverine, the X-Men Origins Wolverine game, I remember playing the demo. That was actually lots of fun. Really? Yeah. Based on a trash movie. Yes. The one that John Haponic says is the best Wolverine movie, besides Logan. He didn't say that. Well, he, he actually likes X-Men Origins Wolverine. He says that he says that people are unfair towards it. That is your friend. I mean, listen. <laughs> listen well, I mean, to be fair, John likes Logan, so I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I can let X Men Origins slide. This is the same guy who thinks that BVS is a fucking masterpiece. Well, he used to, but then he saw the light. He said that it is in fact terrible. But John Haponic still defends Suicide Squad to this day. I can't, I, I, I can't win the battle with him. There. Shout out to my boy Manny. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Manny over here talking junk and and uh, over here on our live watch. On the watch, yeah. I also did a uh, watch party. Uh, Shout out to him. He needs to hurry up and bring his ass back to work. Mm. No, he uh, he had surgery, so okay. I mean, hurry up and feel, hurry up and feel better and bring your ass back to work. Mm. Your boys need you. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Oh damn, some good one. Let me see. Maximum Carnage was good. 
Oh, uh, have you played the follow-up to that, Separation Anxiety? No, I did not. That Judge was, Dredd was fun. It was. Yeah, based on a Stallone movie. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, Judge Dredd was actually pretty fun. Um, like, Separation Anxiety was cool because, uh, like, it also featured Ghost Rider, Daredevil. Um, damn, I think it featured Black Cat. Like, there were, like, side characters you can, like, summon. They, they, they do, like, an area attack. Yeah. Yeah. X-Men Arcade's Revenge. The X-Men Arcade game. Of course, yeah. Like, yeah. seriously, you can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, you know what's funny about the uh, the uh, the arcade game that that was in ninety two when it came out. Like the the Japanese to English translation was so bad that like the the voice acting still preserved those lines. <laughs> it was like ha ha ha. Magneto was like ha ha ha. X Men, welcome to die. <laughs> it was so bad, but I think it added to the charm of that game because that game was like fun as hell. But it was a quarter muncher. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. That's why I'm so glad we have places like Free Play. Yeah. Um. Damn. Comic book based video games. Do you want to count the Marvel Marvel superheroes? Marvel superheroes. Um. That was that was like the similar to X Men Mutant Apocalypse for yeah. Super for the Super NES. Yeah. X Men Children of the Atom. Yeah. You know that that game still holds up. You think so? I think so. Like like the animation, like the 2D animation, it was like. It was like incredible for its time, but like, it still kind of holds up. Like, I, I still play gameplay wise. I kind of yeah. it's kind of similar to like like vintage Street Fighter Two. Like, you know, it's not about like huge combos, but like the animation is still pretty damn good. Like for a system like the Children of the Atom, uh, X Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah, Mar- of course. Marvel Marvel superheroes. That's when Thanos was the final boss of that. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, Gary Thread also mentions Captain America and the Avengers. Okay, I remember that one. I vaguely remember that one. Yeah, it was like, yeah, side scroller beat em up. Man, I used to play that a lot I when I was a kid. Ups. I love beat em ups so much. Yeah. Speaking that- of beat em ups, I know this ain't superhero, but you know what was a very underrated title? Oh, uh, what? That actually, it gets no respect, but I really I actually enjoyed playing it. Oh, Probably that? doesn't hold up in it anymore, though, but. Mm. Fighting Force for the PlayStation 1. Yes. Yo, high five on that one. Yo, Fighting Force, I had a lot of fun with that game. Like, even though, like, if I play it now, I'd be like, oh, man. What the? Yeah, it would be so bad. Oh, this is rough. But it was so... The fun factor was so much... It had a huge fun factor. It did. Like, um, cause, like, cause I noticed, cause we noticed, like, even back then, that, like, the side-scrolling beat-em-up was dying out. And Fighting Force tried to bring it to the 3D realm. Yeah. And it was fun for its time, but then, like, it just just couldn't hold it. Couldn't, the yeah. And then, like, they came out with uh, Fighting Force 2, which, like, totally... To- yeah, it was done by then. Yeah, it, it totally tried to redo it by, by being, like, a third-person shooter. Nah. It, it was That wasn't it, Chief. A third-person shooter? Yeah. Like, like, the main character, he was, like, part of, like, this Black Ops division. And oh, it was, like, God. all black. And I'm so shot. glad I didn't win. I'm so glad yeah. I didn't play that. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But yeah, uh, Captain America and the Avengers. I used to play that game a lot when I was a kid. When I was in the arcade, yeah. oh man, it was it was so much fun. That was that was that was like man, an Avengers game. Spider Man Two for the PlayStation. Uh, Spider Man Two, which I know there it were a few, there were there were several Spider Man games. Um, the one that's similar to this the Spider Man that came out this past year. Oh yeah, yeah, for the PS Two yeah. back in 04. That was actually that was real fun back then. 
Like back then, people were like, I was like, oh my god, you can swing through New York City. This shit is incredible. I still want to go through like the hood. Yeah, but there ain't no more. Like Spider Man, all their DLCs. There's no more of it. Like that game is done. It's yeah. time to work on part two. Yeah, I agree, and I and I loved what they did with the uh, the characters in the first oh in, in Spider Man. And like, if we can play as Miles Morales, if he can be a selectable character throughout, he's coming. I think he's coming. Yeah, I I am I'm a hundred percent. You know who created Miles Morales, right? Was it Brian Michael Bendis? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I still gotta, I still gotta read uh, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Three because I have the three trade paper, t- trade paperbacks from the mm. original run. Yeah, so I need to read uh, Volume Three, which has like the last issues. Yeah, I may have to steal those from you. Yeah, I'll let you borrow when once I'm done. Hey, um, you still haven't watched my damn Limitless? Oh yeah, you know, you know, what? I'm gonna watch it this weekend. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, who are we kidding? Like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get around to it. I, I've been saying this for you said before. that last year. I know. <laughs> You said that last year. I don't know what it is. Arkham games are fun. Second. No, it says reconnection successful. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, l- let me ask the people. Um, uh, did the connection drop? Did did we cut off? Did did, did our audio cut off? Yeah. Like give a give us some stuff. Like give us some feedback of what just happened. Yeah. Uh, press one for yes. Press two for no. Press three if you love chicken. All right, Brian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Arkham games are great. Um, I will say that Arkham City is the best one. It's my favorite one, actually. Part two, right? Yep. Uh, okay. It did. I guess we're back on. Well, it looks like you got some editing to do. Yeah. Um, it's all right, though. Um, also, uh, oh, the Punisher arcade game. I don't remember that one. Really? You haven't played it? No. Th- that game was dope. It was a uh, Capcom made it. Really? It, yeah, it was a side-scroller beat-em-up. You, you got to play as Punisher or Nick Fury, and the final boss was the Kingpin. That game was dope. I need to give me some. Yo, what the hell does Xavier Woods use for, like... Because he's playing, like, old retro games on a PS4 controller. Yeah. Like, he must have used some kind of emulator. He has to. Yeah. Because I know, like, there's some programs you can use. You can map your PlayStation controller to it. So, I mean, maybe he uses something like that. But, but yeah, man. Like. Okay. Nick Thomas said it was for a quick sec. So, I think we'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. Oof. Oof. I'm mean, nervous here because I ain't starting all over. Oh, no, no. Um, some other superhero games. Um, you remember uh Spider Man for the Super NES, the one that was based on the cartoon? Vaguely. Yeah, that was that was all right at the at the time. Damn, I used to get a lot of Nintendo Power magazines. I really can't remember most of these mm. shits. God damn. Yeah. Oh, one of the one of the best ones. Uh, I used to have a, a lot of fun with as a kid was the Adventures of Batman and Robin for the Super NES. I remember that one. Yeah, because like there, like there was there was also one for the Sega Genesis, but they had different graphical styles. Yeah, but the Super NES one, the the graphics were basically mimicked the animation sh- animation series animated series, and it looked so dope. Like the animation quality, like it was pretty impressive for a Super Nintendo game back then. Even the soundtrack, best soundtrack of all time was freaking Streets of Rage two. Oh yeah, Spe- oh that reminds me, you know that there, there's a new one coming out. Is it? Is it it's not it's, like, it's confirmed. There's a new one coming out. Yeah. It's in development. Yeah, I saw a screenshot for that. I'm like, I want this. I want this right oh, now. Oh, they had a video for it. I posted it like sometime last year when they announced it. Okay. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I don't. I remember. I, remember, I don't remember seeing the video, but yeah. Like if if that's I'll try to YouTube it and send it to you. Yeah, I, I definitely want that because that art style does look mad impressive. Um. 
I was oh, also wanted to reference a comment back up here. Um, Nick Thomas said earlier that Sanaa Lathan has been cast as to play Catwoman, and I don't know how I feel. Is that true? Yeah, let me look. Let me, let me look this up. We gotta, we gotta look Man, this up. Listen, DC already just DC's just messing up. Uh, no, no, DC DC's on the come up with their films of anyway. Like Robert Pattinson. Yo, that, that that is perfect casting. You think so? Yes, I I, I explained it last week on Victor's Corner. I explained well, not last week, the week before. I explained that yo, why Robert Pattinson as Batman and Bruce Wayne? That's a win. That is a win for us, and that's a win for the film industry because a Robert Pattinson, he's a he's a fantastic actor. Like, oh yeah, the Twilight guy. Yo, I mentioned- that's what's killing it. That's what's killing it for me. Like the Twilight. Like all the movies I mentioned before. Like, watch, look at Robert Pattinson in Good Time. That's on Amazon Prime. Just watch Good Time. He's amazing in that. Uh, the Rover with uh, Guy Pierce. Uh, Maps to the Stars. The Lost City of Zed with Charlie Hunnam. This dude is killing it. Like, Sana- like no, that's not. Robert Pattinson, yo, he's going to be a great Bruce Wayne. And, yo, we are in for a, mat- for a great treat because it's going to be a trilogy of films. And this will give Robert Pattinson the clout to make more art house films for more art house directors. And, and hey... I'm all for that too. So it's a win for all around, dude. This is a gold mine. We're so lucky. You should be. You should be rejoicing. And Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker. What? Even though they're they're not connected, but still. You know who I really want to play Joker? Oh, uh, who? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe would have been a great Joker. He would have. He would have absolutely been a great Joker. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix, man, he's gonna pull out all the stops. And when when I'm telling you. I'm telling you, and I, and I know Kyle. Kyle's hating on Joaquin Phoenix as Joker hard. Oh, I'm still not sold. I just don't like the way he looks. I think that he can like nail it. He can nail the part. But I just, and one thing I would say, and shout outs to Pop Stew. Like we're gonna be collaborating with them real soon. They had a very interesting episode about DC and um, Batman, and uh, yeah, and Batman and cinema. And cinema. There are so many dope ass villains. Mm-hmm. That why do they always need to use the Joker? That is true. Yeah, like they, they could use like like Calendar Man, like Gary Stratton. I, I want to see another Penguin. Penguin? Um, oh, man. You know, Solomon was, Grundy. Solomon Grundy. Poison Ivy, even. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Something that can get rid of the Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, one. Oh, my God. What's killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> Oh, All right, everyone, chill. Oh god, that movie is so unwatchable. But yeah, Michael Chiklis as Calendar Man, Gary. That would be that would be pretty interesting. I would like to see that because Michael Chiklis, man, he hasn't been anything in a while. I think last I remember seeing Michael Chiklis was in like an episode of Sons of Anarchy. Okay, like one of like the last few in the last season. Okay, yeah. He just played a trucker. No, he was in the last episode as the trucker because he was driving the truck mm-hmm. that Jax Teller ran into to kill himself at the ass spoiler. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So, uh, I guess I won't have No, to- you still need to watch it. <laughs> to see how it all happened. How, how he got to that point. Listen, I watched Mulholland Drive. Yeah, that's a brilliant movie. That movie, they fucked. They went too. They went too hard. They that they went too weird. That movie was way too weird. Hey, it's a Victor ass movie. It is. It's, it's a Victor ass movie. It is. I should make that into a shirt. Hey, you know what? And you know, 
speaking of which, uh, David Lynch, he's uh, he's gonna get an honorary Oscar. For what? For you mean for what? <laughs> Twin Peaks, Mulholland Drive, The Elephant Man. Um, what else did he do? Oh shit, Blue Velvet. Yo, bl- you should watch Blue Velvet. I don't trust you no more. Dennis Hopper. He plays this. Oh my, Dennis Hopper. Like, like he was kind of crazy in real life, but like. The the character he plays in this movie is just so fucking nightmare fuelish, like he's 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 brutal, he's sadistic, he's like he he he's he's terrorizing this woman, and he's breathing like this oxygen, and he's like, baby wants to fuck, don't you fucking look at me, he's so great in it. You should watch that movie. It's on the Criterion. Watch yourself into playback. Wow, that's how that's how that's how Dennis Hopper looks. I'm telling you, Blue Velvet. It's on the Criterion Collection. You scared you. You just scared like our viewers. That's what. Hey, that's all right. But listen, I'm just trying to convey how crazy his character was in that movie. But yo, Blue Velvet is so dope. I I think <laughs> it's. I, I don't trust you no more with Criterions. Listen, like okay, uh, what was the, what was the other one with Freak with a young Michael Caine? Oh my God, Dressed to Kill. That was a good one. I enjoyed that one, but Mulholland Drive just kind of just was like, the fuck is Vic into? Hey, listen, you know, it's it's one of the best movies of the 2000s. One of the best movies of this century, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, um, if you're you're in a taste for something more unique, you know, Blue Velvet. Like, I'll I'll say a triple feature. Triple feature, uh, uh, Mulholland Drive, Blue Velvet. And if you remember this, it's it's back on Netflix or or is it on Hulu? The Overnight. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man. Yeah. You know what? You're lucky I don't work with that same client anymore. Oh man, I remember. Because that. no, he did not. He would we would be in the car and I would listen. I would always work with him the next day after doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he refer. He doesn't even refer to you as Victor. Oh yeah, I remember. He he referred to you as butthole art. Yeah, yeah, because of that movie. Yeah, yeah. No, well, he heard us talking about it. He's like, "Yo, you're I'm like Vic. You're a fan of butthole art." He lost his shit. I've never seen him laugh so hard. Wow. Well, okay then. Well, well, that's that's glad that I brought a little joy. Yeah. Into someone's life. Yeah, you guys. How's butthole art doing? Wow. That's that's just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But uh but yeah man, um what were we talking about? Oh yeah, a, a video game based superhero movie. So yeah, so we mentioned a lot of good ones here. Uh oh yeah, and Sanaa Lathan is voicing uh, uh Catwoman in the It's like a Harley Quinn animated feature. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I didn't yeah. hear about that. I like that. Um you know, and that reminds me like who do you think would be a good Catwoman like for a feature film? Ooh. Damn. No, I can't. I Good cat. Let me. I gotta think about that one. She's gotta be on that level of Michelle Pfeiffer sexy. I mean, somebody. I would say like. I mean, there, there's there's a different. There's some different ways you can go about it. Do you want to go like Eartha Kitt or Julie Newmar or Lee Merriweather? Or do you want to go like to Michelle me, Pfeiffer? Michelle Pfeiffer is is my Catwoman. Yeah, I mean 
I mean, that's, it's, it's, I mean, she did she she did a hell of a job. Yeah, and almost freaking killed her. Yeah, the oh, suit. Yeah. The suit, yeah, it was so tight. Um, Holly Berry buried the character on on live action, so she did. <laughs> Still uh, haven't seen it. I saw it. It is it, it's it's, just, it's every bit as bad as you can think. Like Tekken the movie bad. Oh, it makes Tekken the movie look like a masterpiece. That is awful. Yeah, the Catwoman is for me like the worst superhero film ever. Holly Berry, let's give her another chance. Put her in the MCU and see what she can do. I mean, Holly Berry. I mean, Holly Berry is an excellent actress. Oh yeah, the, no doubt. Yeah, depending on the material you give her. Like, Loved she, her in Swordfish. Yeah, Swordfish was kind of cool for its time. Um, it was, I, don't think, I wonder if it, wonder if Swordfish would hold up. I have to watch that again. Yeah, it's nothing special by today's standards. I think. I, I, I won't say it's terrible, but it's like, eh, you could tell it was, it was definitely of its, of its time. Um, but Holly Berry, like, like in her character in John Wick Chapter 3, give her her own spinoff. Like I said, like, she held it down. All right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a whole bunch of other uh, superhero-based video games that we can talk through. But we mentioned a lot of good ones, especially from back in the day. So... Yeah, any other any other ones you can think of, drop a comment here, uh Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com via email or in the chat. Yeah, let us know if we missed any uh good ones. Yeah. Also you can hit us up on our social medias on Facebook, obviously, Instagram, Twitter. Um you can catch our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes and on YouTube as well. Yep. Um, and yeah, be on the lookout. We actually got a couple of guests lined up. We know uh, Spock of Summit is going to be coming back. We're going to be working on uh, our friends from Buffalo, Pop Stew. We have uh, incredible artist Allison Blackwell is going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, anybody else? We got to bring back Just In Case. Yeah, ju- yeah, I'm bringing back Just In Case and Lab Dennis and Lab Dennis Lopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to bring them back. 18 DJs, what up? Um... Obviously, UWO is going to be back. We're going to be on their shows, too, raising all types of hell. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, uh, Fighter Fest is coming up. Yeah. Yeah, the 29th. Yeah, that's going to be. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, yeah, check this out. I'll bring back the question of the week next week. Okay. Like, I had one. I actually had one lined up, and then I completely forgot it, and then watch it. If it it just comes to mind, I'll post it up on our social medias. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, man. Uh. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got uh, as well. Um, uh, Nick Thomas, real quick, says that Jim Carrey was the best Riddler ever. Oh, hands down. He nailed that shit. That was the best thing about that damn movie. It was. I would say, like, live action. Would I say Jim Carrey? I mean, I I would say Frank Gorshin. I knew you would say Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin, because Jim Carrey, I think, as good as he was, he was kind kind of like an imitation of Frank Gorshin. In a way, not that it was a bad thing, because Jim Carrey still sold the hell out of it. But um, but yeah, I, I don't, I won't, I won't disagree with Jim Carrey though. Like, they can make a good case for it. Yeah. But but yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. As always, uh, what's up? I do got one more thing. Uh, Ju- July sixth and seventh. If you're in the Rhode Island area, and if you know uh, a young child who is uh, playing football, and also know a high school standout who needs to get noticed, I'm gonna be DJing at Will Blackman's uh, football camp, uh, July sixth and seventh. I'll be there both days, just spinning for eight hours straight. 
Yes. Nothing wrong with that, but I always enjoy doing it. I always make sure that I do it every year. Mm-hmm. They always call me back, and I'm there. So um, I'll post up the flyers on our social media, on the Codex Prime social media accounts, also on mine, just so you can, you know, come, you know, come out, get your student notice, and actually, you know, have some, give your young kids a chance to actually work with a Super Bowl champion who has beaten Tom Brady. And nice. You know, and you get to lo- work with a lo- lot of local football stars, and as also, and also for the uh, high schoolers, you actually be able to work with uh, co- collegiate and professional uh, counselors to help them get noticed. So, and trust me, it was the first time they did it last year mm-hmm. for the high school students, and it was an amazing experience. Like you don't realize how talented these kids are, mm-hmm. and they're just they're sitting in our backyards, but they can't really go nowhere because there's not really a huge market. It's not really a huge market for football in Rhode Island. Mm. And, like, only if you go to, like, two really expensive schools. Oh, wow. And there's a lot of kids who go to public school who are just as talented, but they don't really get that. They don't really get the shine that they do. Yeah. So this is a great opportunity for them. So, yeah. And even if you want, if you do, just uh, get at me, uh, at MrBird1027 on Twitter, Instagram, Carl Bird on Facebook. Just inbox me, and I can get send you guys the info, too, as well. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Check me out on it. Nice. Awesome. That's what's up, man. Yeah, giving kids opportunities, man. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and lastly, uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, tune in next Monday for UWO's podcast. That's right. Yep. So uh, you can watch Monday Night Raw if you want to, or you can do something fun with your time and listen to Kyle Chapman, uh, Brian Lopes, and the angry fan himself, Eddie Ortiz. Or do both. It's actually fun that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do both. Yeah. But, you know, have Raw on mute and, you know, listen to the UWO. Um, burials of the week and all that. It's ama- it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, uh, as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.